What's shaking and baking, people? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, we are talking with Jonathan Dale. He is the VP of Marketing at Phenom. We have a conversation that goes into really your role as a leader within your organization and how to mentor people, how to identify top talent, how to push those A players to really get the most out of their potential, and also how to help them gracefully move on um, when they are ready for a new position, when they get an offer they can't refuse. Uh, this was awesome for anyone who's in the C-suite or is wants to become a, a leader, you know, a VP of marketing. I think this is going to be the episode for you. But before we get into it, as always, we put on this show here, we're Cave Social. Uh, look, guys, we're a marketing agency. We help companies grow with social media. Uh, if you need help with social, head over to cavesocial.com, hit the contact us. We'd love to help you out. But now, let's get into this episode. What's going on, my marketing people? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today, joining me for the show is the VP of Marketing at Phenom, Jonathan Dale. JD, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me. No, I'm excited to have you here and to get into all things mentoring, examining talent, how to help that talent succeed. But before we do that, I want to hear your story. How did you get into the crazy world of marketing and make your way to Phenom? I got into it in a very unique way. And I'll start you back all the way in, you know, you're, I'm in college, I'm in a university and I'm taking classes. And once in a while I take a marketing class and I would ace the marketing class, but I was a computer science major. I wasn't doing very well in computer science or math classes. And I just thought, man, these marketing folks, I don't know what they do for a living, but that stuff's easy and it's probably not for me. And then 10 years later, I find out I love marketing and I'm passionate about marketing. So I got into it by tripping into it. I ran customer service teams, then I got into product marketing, and then actually product management, then product marketing, and then marketing. So I took the long way to get here, but I certainly found that I love it. Awesome. I love that when people like trip into it, the accidental marketer, we've had a lot of people on the show with the, you know, similar but different stories. And it's it's always good to hear that. Now, one of the things we talked about pre-show and I want to jump into is really, as you become a marketing leader, right, I want to talk about mentoring and how do we do that and take that on as a responsibility as we graduate into leadership roles i think a lot of times if we've been doers our whole career we've been in the trenches and now we're getting into this position of player coach and then coach talk to me a little bit about how you handle that and how you approach mentorship to you know now this new generation of marketers that are coming into your company well i I think the First thing to me is, as we talked about, I tripped into loving marketing and being passionate about marketing. And it took me an awfully long time to even get into the marketing world. I don't know that I recognized that I liked mentoring and leading people and, and coaching them and what that even means. I remember back when I was managing a small team, I was a year out of college working phones and help desk. And I remember you know, grabbing other people on the side and saying, you know, I, I think maybe you should take this approach to communicating this difficult problem to somebody, right? So I think at a very young age, I realized that I really enjoyed helping other people become successful, whether that was successful in, you know, under, you know, dealing with a computer problem, or whether it was being successful, or taking their career to the next level, it, it evolved for me. But I think, that's how it came up and how I started to realize, wow, this is something I, I kind of like doing. And then it goes from there. 
I love it. And yeah, it's one of those things, right? Like if things start to happen naturally and then you have those moments of reflection and you look back and go, oh shit, like this is actually really cool. And I'm, this is, I'm helping people. Now with that in mind, right? And we look at mentorship. One of the things that I find with marketing leaders, and I'm interested to hear how you feel about this, right? Is identifying the people to mentor, the A players. And really, what is your responsibility that you see to be that mentor, to be the leader? Like, how do you approach that when you have somebody come in your organization, let's say they're 25, 26 years old, and you go, oh, we got a rock star, right? Where, how, what do you think is your responsibility or how do you approach kind of handling that talent? Yeah, so you're asking a really broad question. And so I think we could take some time here and start dissecting the different pieces of it. I think the first section maybe we'll talk about is you're now in a position to coach, lead, and mentor someone, and you know you like to do it. So if a listener is like, I'm in that position, and I know I like doing it, because there's a lot of people in leader in management, management positions, who are not good at coaching and leading people at all. And this conversation is not to judge them. Everyone has their own superpowers, right? So if you found, hey, you know, you really enjoy doing this. Now, how do you start identifying who to do it with? I have a specific mentality in this, and that is mentor everyone. Coach and mentor everyone on your team. You could even coach and mentor people outside of your company and outside of your team, right? But do that. If you have a passionate, do it for everyone you run into. If you think you can make a meaningful difference with that person, then help them. I remember my father a long time ago. He said, anytime you ever see someone struggling, don't let them struggle. And I was a little kid at the time. And my father was lifting something heavy and he was struggling with it and I didn't help him. And that's when he shared that with me. And he just said, never let anyone struggle if you see they're struggling. And so that's the, the first thing isn't about identifying A players. It's about identifying that you can help everyone you come in contact with as small as it might be. And then I think we could start talking about how do you identify A players? I love that, right? And having those internal like the dialogue and the mantras really that can end up shaping a lot of not only your professional development but your personal belief systems and philosophies right and we all have those moments where it could be a coach or a, a parent or someone or a previous boss says something to you and it just sticks i remember somebody said to me uh, do shit right and that's just always been in my head of like oh like just with everything like don't cut corners like just do it right. And it's so simple, but it can be applied so many things. I love that though. Don't let others struggle or and help ease that for them. And I think that taking that approach to your point, now you can go in and say, okay, I'm going to help everybody, right? As you go through and start to help everybody, then I, you'll start to see who gravitates towards that. Who wants more, right? Who's always hungry for more coaching. Yep. And then once you see that, it's like, okay, I know I have Johnny Joe and Susie Smith on my team and they're both hungry for, they want all of the information and coaching I can give them, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to lean in. I'm going to help them. And, and that's sure. exciting, right? Yeah. And, and Jordan, when you're doing that, right, what you're finding out is every individual needs different aspects of mentoring and coaching. Everyone needs something different. They're all in different parts of their career. They all have different part personalities. They're all different people. They're all good at their own thing. So you start coaching and mentoring as many people as you can, especially if you have a big team. And then you can start really understanding people at a personal level. Now, all of a sudden, as a mentor coach, I know where I can provide value and I know where I have no value to give someone. I have workers on my team. I cannot tell them how to do their job better. 
I can help them with some soft skills or management skills or how I would approach a situation, but I can't tell them how to write better. I can't tell them how to, to run a campaign, a demand gen campaign better. That's their specialty, right? But I can help them in all these other areas, but I don't know that until I start working with folks and start understanding them. And part of that understanding is pushing them and you push them and you encourage them and you see where they're, where they're struggling or where they're killing it and hitting it out of the park. And then you can start concentrating more in what and how you need to mentor those individuals. Yeah, it's interesting to, to think about that, like pushing them, right? And I agree. And I think people, everybody needs to be coached differently, right? It's like, even look at youth a peewee football team. Some kids need to be yelled at. Some kids need to be encouraged. And that's just the reality of like, it's one to one. There's no yes. one size fits all approach. And that same thing translates forward in the business world where, okay, some people need encouragement. Other people need some cold, direct candor when we give the feedback. Now, I also think you said two things that are really interesting to me. One being like willingness to coach people outside of the organization. There's really like a it's a life philosophy in a way of just thinking of like, I'm going to approach this and be a leader in the community, in the business community at scale. That's going to, yeah, that's just the right way to live. But then two, identifying talent and then understanding that most people can use a push or can have a coach that can really help them be more accountable or get more than maybe they can't recognize because they're early on in their career or they're thinking, oh, that's not really my job. I have ideas. I could do that. I could. I have this idea for the campaign, but uh, I might be overstepping and pushing them to be like, no, get those ideas on paper. We want to see what you can come up with. And I always draw the parallels to when you see these A players, right? I draw the parallels to sports and that there's a reason that the best players are on the court the whole game. And the coach understands that, hey, they don't need as much break time. We're going to push them. We're going to see how much they can do because it's imperative for their development and for the team's success that they are pushed to see what their potential really is. Now, in how you do that practically, I'd love to hear kind of what you, you know, maybe an experience or a story or how you've identified that and then been like, okay, I'm going to see what, I'm going to push this person to their potential. A lot of these themes just keep evolving and coming back around itself. Like you go to hire someone, right? You think you hired the right person, candidate. Maybe you've never worked with them before, right? But you go out and you hire them, you bring them onto the team and you have these huge expectations of them. And then they get there and, okay, well, how do you know that they were an A player? You probably didn't when you hire them. You probably just maybe felt like, man, they're a really good fit for the team or they're going to knock it out of the park. So I think what I try to do personally is I just start talking with them and I ask pretty quickly, what are you good at? And what are you not good at? See how open they are. Are they defensive? Are they open? Right? Are they willing to share with you? If they're willing to share with you pretty openly and they're not defensive, that's already a great sign that someone is going to be open to feedback and candid feedback without you know, too much sensitivity on your part as a mentor part. Now you can keep giving them assignments and giving them work and giving them projects. And they could be projects that, you know, they just have to do themselves. And then it could be projects that they're coordinating with multiple individuals and you're testing out their skill sets. Now, all of a sudden you get to a period of time where you're not overloading them. You're not trying to overload them, but the business just keeps pushing you to deliver and your best people will always step up to deliver no matter what. They will always step up. They'll find a way. And you start finding, wow, who do you have on your team that just steps up and gets it done? And so as you start adding up all of these clues and all of these tidbits and the breadcrumbs, right, all of a sudden you realize what you have and what you have is who you have. You realize who you have and what they're capable of. And when you have these these A players and they step up and, and I agree, right, they're going to step up and deliver. And then how do you handle it when somebody walks up and says, 
AJD, this has been great, but I've got an offer across town that I, I got to take, or I, there's this new challenge that I got to do. I appreciate what you've done for me, but you know, I'm looking for another opportunity. Talk to me a little bit about, I guess, like gracefully shepherding, you know, people out of the company and your role as they go their journey. Let's step back. What is your role as a coach or mentor, right? And, and what I personally try to do best I can, I try to do it, is I take a look at now that I know the person and I take a look at who they are and what they're doing and where they're at in their career. I don't think, okay, here's where they're at in their career. Here's where the company is and what we need. And I need to keep them there as long as possible. No, I don't. That's not the way I personally look at it. I look at it as, as in that person has no reason to leave. If their goals and aspirations are aligned step-by-step with the company's goals and aspirations and what's needed on the team to deliver. So when they're aligned, someone provides an offer. Why were they looking? They're being challenged. Everything's aligned. Pay should be competitive regardless because they're your A players anyway. That's not to say pay for B players or C players shouldn't be adequate. It always should be adequate, right? It always should be at a competitive level. But your A players are going to get more. I don't think that should be a secret. They're going to get the benefit related to salary increases or bonus increases or things of that nature because they are your top producers. They are the star on the basketball team. And hopefully you have lots of them on your team, right? So if that's aligned and you have these open relationships where you're already coaching and mentoring, you should know if they're looking. There should not be a surprise that there's an offer that just happened to come in right? Those things do happen on occasion, but your star players, you, you should know that they're happy, that they're thriving, that they're being challenged, and they really don't have a reason to look. But do you want me to address if all that doesn't work out perfectly and they're still going to leave? I think it, one, it's to your point, right, is looking at the person and saying, okay, like, are they challenged? Is the pay, is there communication channels that are there? Are we communicating frequently? Are they being open with me and truly like, okay, talking about what their personal goals are? Are they aligned with what we're giving them from a coach standpoint? But I still think obviously people still leave or they run their course. Maybe they do a couple of years and then it's like, okay, I'm ready for a new challenge or maybe they want to switch industries or what have you. Now I'm interested is like your role as a leader in helping people, you know, graduate from the company. Yep. It's an honest question and it, it deserves an honest answer. And that is the way I feel about these things. If they're leaving for the right reason, we should celebrate it. We should absolutely celebrate it. I'm assuming their time here at the company was amazing and they contributed so much. Let's not take what could be a year, two years, three years, four years. Let's not take years of amazing work, accomplishments, and look at that as a negative thing. That is a really positive thing. No one loves to see good workers go, but the reality is good workers do go. They go when there's a misalignment. They go when they're looking for something else and, and the company can't offer that. They go because of all types of reasons. Families change, locations change, all kinds of things. So I think it's a role of a good coach and mentor to celebrate those moments. But what I would stress is you should be an advisor to that person and help them understand why are they really leaving? Are they leaving for the right reason? If it's the right reason, champion it have a dinner, have a big party, like really, really get behind it. If they're leaving for the wrong reason, I would take that person aside as a mentor and coach and say, look, I support you doing this, but I think you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And then you better be prepared to talk about their best interest, not your best interest or the company's best interest. And by the way, I've had these conversations with people saying, 
I think it's a bad time for you to leave. I really don't want to see you go. And they still, the next day said, I appreciate everything you said. I'm going. And we still celebrated them. And it was genuine. And it's meaningful. Like you leave in a very powerful position by doing that. And it also, one thing that I want to bring up here too, is when you celebrate people, when they truly are leaving for the right reasons, or they just, hey, maybe we think it's the wrong reason, but they vocalize like, I'm going to do this. And you celebrate that. Your remaining team sees how that is handled and sees how exits are handled. And now it's not seen as a confrontation. And it really will say, okay, this place treats people well. The people above me treat people well. And when that time comes, if I ever want to leave, I know I'm going to get the same treatment and I'm not going to get the door slammed or yelled at in front of people and all that stuff that we see in the movies. Or we've seen it, hey, go work at a bar for six months. You'll see some interesting quits. <laughs> you know, So it's like, I think there's also that benefit to it is what you said at the start, you mentor everyone, right? So if you're doing that, the rest of the team now sees, okay, we lost Johnny Joe, the A player, but everyone else here sees how that was handled sees that, okay, this was all empathetic, the whole interaction. And that has power too, right? That can really permeate through an organization. I think a challenge many companies or leaders or managers run into is they want to do these things, but it's not genuine. And that it's really hard when it's just the thing to do. It's like, oh, so-and-so's leaving. They've been here five years. We have to take them to dinner. That's bull crap, right? That is crappy. Everyone knows it. But when the team does understand that people are going to come and go, it's I've said several times on my team meetings, the people you see around you today will change in a year. Some of us will be here. Some of us won't be here. Hopefully we have a lot more people to the team that will change all the time, whether we like it or not, because it's an evolution. When the team understands that, that we're not scared of losing people and we're not scared of adding people, it's a journey. And the most important thing as a leader to do and as a mentor to do is while the individuals and the, the employees are here, that everything is maximized, maximized for our benefit, maximized for my benefit, maximized for their benefit. They're not conflicts. We're all here for the benefit to grow and evolve. And if you realize, man, if I stayed here five years, 50% of these folks still wouldn't be here. We'd be swapping them in and out. You realize that you have a big role to play in that person's journey and their career. And now you can play that part versus worrying about it or being pissed off someone's leaving. You become empowered to help them. I always want people to be more successful than I am. I feel like that in my personal life. I'm a big fisherman. I know a lot of times where a fish is laying. I could make that cast, but instead I ask my father, my dad, the person I'm fishing with, I say, I think that's the right cast to make. I'd be making that cast. When they cast there and that fish hits, I love it. Could I have caught that fish? Yeah, but I, I like seeing other people being successful because I know what they're capable of. And I'm not saying everyone should be like that, but I think I was shaped this way. Part of the reason is because I had some really bad managers. And I watched some really bad leaders and I thought to myself, I don't know why we're treating people this way. I don't know why we're making people learn the hard way all the time, especially if they're A players and you know they're limitless. I love it. Uh, I think there's a, 
lot of lessons in this episode. And before we wrap it up, I do want to give you the chance to let people know where they can go learn more about Phenom and also connect with you online. Yeah, I appreciate that. A LinkedIn connection is great. I love LinkedIn connections. Um, I'm more than happy to have one-on-one conversations with folks or just reach out if you have any questions about. I'm not an expert in mentoring or coaching or anything. I'm just a bit passionate about it. And I try not to let, as I mentioned, let everyone learn the hard way, especially if they're A players and you know, put a lot on your eight players, they'll step up. From a Phenom perspective, you know, Phenom is a is a SaaS company. We sell software to help the largest companies in the world attract, retain, and engage talent, right? So, you know, everyone's looking for a job right now. You hit a career site, you interact with a chat bot, you try to apply to jobs. Phenom is involved in all of those transactions. But in addition, if you're an employee and you're looking for your career path, if you're trying to find a mentor, If you're trying to do those things, like our software also enables you to do that. So we look at four experiences, candidate experience, a recruiter experience, a manager experience, and an employee experience. And we try to bring all of those experiences together and provide software to companies. And it seems to be working out. Very cool. Very cool. JD, thanks again for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time.